Melanated family. <laughs> Melanated family. How's everybody doing, man? Happy to be back for a brand new episode of the Melanated Convo podcast. This is your brother Harrison. Fresh off this Super Bowl Sunday. I hope everybody is having a good day today. But today is going to be a very interesting show, family, because, you know, the Melanated Convo focuses on everything involving um, black society, whether it's whether it's our children, whether it's white supremacy, whether it's our relationships, um, even finances. Right. So today on a brand new episode of the Melanated Convo podcast, make sure you all hit that like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is the Melanated Convo on YouTube. I'm available on all the digital platforms as well. So anywhere that you can consume con uh, content, you could definitely find the show. But on today's show, I have an interesting individual that um, decided to, because I've, I've always seen a lot of people in our community who write children's books or do things aimed at our youth, because not only is that the next generation, but, um, those are the, the individuals that's going to come after us. So putting our stock into younger people has always been a safe bet. You know what I mean? But this sister has written a book for children on financial literacy. So today on the show, I want to make sure I do her intro right. You know what I mean? Because what she does, um, it's important for our community family. So on the show with me today, I have Coach Tanisha Marie who is a coach, like I just mentioned, but also she is a MWBE certified entrepreneur. I just learned what that is today. Like just to, just to be honest, a minority woman owned business enterprise. She's also, um, she works with the Department of Education as a vendor and contractor. She's been in the online marketing for over 10 years. She's helped over a thousand people. She's trained them in understanding e-commerce and marketing. To my understanding, the sister has been in real estate for a while. So um, here on today's show to talk about her children's book, which is titled The ABCs of Wealth Building, right? Which is very important in our community. I want everybody to welcome Miss Tanisha Marie. How are you doing today, sister? Hey guys, I am amazing. I am amazing. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So like I said, just having you on the show today was important to me just to kind of give us some tidbits from what may be in the book and some things that can help our parents and hopefully everybody go out and get the book. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk to you about like your entrepreneurial journey, because I know a lot of people around me and including myself who, you know, want to embark on being entrepreneurs, business owners, whatever, um, um, what have you, but it's difficult, you know, and sometimes um, we can use like a blueprint, to help navigate the direct the direct or the correct direction to go so talk to me about your entrepreneurial journey like how long have you been a fully blown entrepreneur so i'm coach tanisha marie wasn't always a coach um my name is tanisha adjo uh, i'm married been married for about 15 years hmm. uh to my husband i have two daughters i'm um, 22 uh and 14 and hmm. me and my daughter cheyenne a 14 year old we actually wrote um, the book, the ABCs of wealth building. Um, I used to go to college, of course. I got my bachelor's degree. Well, I got my associate's degree, then my bachelor's. So I never really graduated from high school mm. um, because I was pregnant. I went from 12th grade. I was supposed to take the test, the exam to graduate. I didn't. So I ended up getting my GED, ended up paying $10 <laughs> to the state to get my GED. And my aunt, 
she enrolled me into college when I was pregnant. So I went to college, I took the classes and I got my associate's degree and I wanted to stop there. I said, I do not want, <laughs> you know, to go to college for so many years. I really want to take a break, right? Mm -hmm. Because going from high school is a lot. Um, and then having a baby, right? Being pregnant mm -hmm. is also a lot. So I was like, I don't feel like no more schooling. I just want to chill. And my mom was like, well, you're not going to be on welfare. You're not going to be here living on welfare, on the government. So you're going to get some education. So I'm grateful to this day for my aunt, um, who literally came home with the books, the schedule, everything paid, like, go to school. You're doing this. <laughs> like, so I didn't even really have, like, a major in mind or, like, even a minor in mind. I just was like, all right, well, all right, I'm about to have this baby all right, well, let's see, you know, what, you know, this turns out to be. So as I went through college, um, I kind of started to like it because I started to meet, you know, some good people that was in my corner um, that helped me, you know, to like elevate in school, helped me with my tests, helped me study, you know, and I had a job in school too. So um, I kind of liked college. I think college was fun. I had a great experience. I met some, you know, wonderful people in college. It took me six years actually to get a four year degree, which was a bachelor's degree. And I think because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Right. Like I said, my aunt just said, here you go. Like, so I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't want to go to school for 12 years. Um, but then I said, you know what, maybe, maybe I can do social work. That's easier. So I was like, you know what? I'm good at math, right? I went to my counselor one day and I said, well, I really, really don't know what I want to do. And she said, well, your math numbers is looking good. And I said, yeah, I think I'm good at math. She was like, oh, well, why don't you just, you know, be a math teacher? Like you can, you know, teach people mm -hmm. about money. You know what I mean? Teach people mm -hmm. about math. So I said, oh, okay, cool. So I went and I applied because you got to apply. Now this was 20, uh, I don't know, 2004, 2003. So you got to apply to get into um, these programs. So I had to apply and you had to go through like an internship. It's like so much you got to do to mm -hmm. actually get into the teacher's program. So finally, after all that, I finally got into the program. Once I got into the program, um, I started to, you know, I started to like it. Then I had to take the test, the state exam to be a certified teacher for mm -hmm. New York City. I could not pass this test to save my life. And it wasn't that it was hard. I just kept failing by like one or two points. And I was mm. like, well, I know I'm not dumb. Like, mm -hmm. why? And I was crying because I'm like, I really want to be a teacher now. Like, I'm good at math. I could teach the kids, you know, some math stuff. I thought about doing like junior high school, high school. And I was like discouraged. So mm. once I didn't pass the test, then I went to apply to be um a cop <laughs> uh, really wait <laughs> you went away way so what what why such the drastic leap because teaching is in school it's using your mental it's it's numbers how'd you go from that to one actually be a police officer well my friend who was like one of my good friends at the time she actually got accepted into the academy and mm. you know of course you know we talking every day so she was like all right well why don't you come over here and that's really like how I wanted to be a cop, but then with the cop, I couldn't pass the, um, I think it's like the psychological test or something. I'm like, you know what? Forget about all these tests. I don't want to do this anymore. So I went to my guidance counselor. Now this is like almost five years in. I went to her and I said, 
how many credits do I have and what type of degree can I get? Because clearly I can't be a teacher and I can't be a cop. So what can I do? She said, oh, well, you can get your degree in psychology or you can get your degree in liberal arts because you got enough credits for that. And I mm. said, okay, so what type of job <laughs> do I get with these type of credits? She said, oh, you could do anything in civil service. You could do anything in, um, you know, with the city. You could be a social worker. You could be a case manager. I said, oh, I want to be a case manager. Mm. So after I graduated, got my degree, got my bachelor's degree, graduated. I was happy. I applied for the job. It wasn't like, it was seamless. Like, as soon as I graduated, I went to the place. The test was easy. They hired me. Like, mm. literally two months out of college, I was hired at the city agency. I was excited. Like, yes, I have a job. I'm making like $30,000. I'm a single mom. I'm taking care of my daughter. I felt good. Like, I felt good. Like, I was really doing something. But... Social work is a hard job. Hmm. Because when you say caseworker, you're dealing in, in the system. So mm -hmm. to be specific, you're like dealing with families, right? All day. All day. All day. So it wasn't the family aspect of it. Like I had to go to schools and see kids. I had to go to um, people houses to see people. You know, I had to go to, you know, wherever they was at. If they was at church, I had to go see them. It wasn't so much of the family. It was the administration. It was mm. the supervisors. It was the bosses where I felt like they just made it extra harder. Like me mm. going to see people is not hard. Me writing notes about what I saw, you know, to, you know, protect the children is not hard. But what's hard is when you got the supervisor telling you, oh, you're going to have 30 cases. You're going to have 45 cases. I'm one person. Mm. How in the world I got 30 cases and it's like 20 family members in each one of these cases. I got to see all these people. It's five kids oh, in each case. It's only 30 days in, in a daggone month. Mm -hmm. So I started to not like it. One of my supervisors, she left that I did like. Um, so I did not like it. Uh, so I started doing whatever I wanted to do. And then my daughter got sick. So mm. now me working with kids, I'm thinking that the job would also be open to me taking care of my kid. Hmm. They wasn't trying to hear nothing. I had to take my daughter to the doctor almost every week. They wasn't trying to hear. She was like, oh, no, you can't take care of your kid. Oh, I'm supposed to take care of these kids and not take care oh. of my kid? Hmm. Oh, lady, you got me messed up. So one day I just walked out of there. My, my daughter's school called me. She was like, oh, your daughter's hyperventilating. She's, she's feeling bad. You know, she's hot right now. You need to come get her. Take her to the hospital. Hmm. I left. So two days later, supervisor called me in. Oh, well, you're terminated. Okay. Mm. But in that moment, it I feel like the world lifted off of my shoulders. As a single mom, it's hard, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to juggle taking care of your kid, trying to juggle your job, trying to, you know, meet the demands of the job and your kid. Like, it was a lot. Okay. Yeah. It was a lot. A yeah, so lot. you had that corporate America, you you had that lift off your shoulder because for a lot of us working in corporate America, man, it's strenuous and it takes a lot of time out of your life. And you, <clears throat> man, you give these people all your time and then yeah. you need a little time for yourself and they be like, shit, you better get back to work. Right. 
So, so I didn't feel, I felt actually good. Um, mm. and I just had got married. So my husband, of course, he was like, Oh, now the income is gone. You know, you need to, you know, go get another job. Meanwhile, I'm like, bro, I'm happy that I got fired. Let me soak in this for a minute, bro. Like, hold up. Let me kill for six months or whatever. He wasn't trying to hear that. So that caused a lot of tension actually in my in my life. Right? Yeah. Me and my husband, because now the income is gone. Although I had unemployment, that's when Obama was uh, uh president. Um mm -hmm. I had unemployment, but of course, unemployment is not enough. And we were living in the basement. I was driving a 1989 Toyota Corolla, <laughs> where every time I had to stop at the stoplight, I had to go turn the truck down. I mean, the trunk down because it was fly open, and I had no power steering. So we oh, had wow. we had bills, and of course, my husband's paying all of them, and he's upset about it, right? Because he's like, you know, to get a job, and I really didn't want to. So it was in that moment where I was like, okay, I know I can't be on unemployment forever. Right. I know that, you know, I want more. I don't want to be living in the basement. I sure don't mm -hmm. want a 1989 Toyota Corolla to be driving. I like nice stuff and I want to be mm -hmm. able to provide a good life. So my cousin introduced me to network marketing in about 2009, 2010. So I got fired in 2011. Mm -hmm. So basically, 2009, 2010, she introduced me to it. But I didn't really like grasp the concept. I was getting on the calls, but I really wasn't understanding it. And then um, another friend introduced me to real estate. So I kind of went the real estate route where I felt like it was easier. It was bigger money. I was able to, you know, do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Um, so I liked that that whole aspect of the freedom, waking up when I wanted to, taking mm -hmm. care of my kids, taking my daughter to school, cooking, doing homework. And I wasn't stressed out about it. That was like the first time that I wasn't stressed out about taking care of my family. And it felt good. I'm like, wow, I should have been did this real estate thing. Mm -hmm. I should have been doing my own thing. So this was 2011. So 2011, I get into real estate. And then I want to say maybe 2012, 2013, I get into the online space. Now, mm -hmm. the whole online space is a whole nother world. It's a whole nother beast. It's a whole nother thing. I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about marketing. I knew nothing about blogs. I knew nothing about websites. But I got into this program. It was $25 a month. And they taught you literally everything. Marketing, advertising, YouTube, doing YouTubes, all kind of stuff. So hmm. I kind of like soaked in that. right? And I said, you know what? This is it. This is what I'm going to do. This is what's going to make me you know, my money that I want. And mind you, I only wanted to make $500 a month. Like literally. That's hmm. all I wanted to make was $500 a month. So coming into this online space, it opened me up to so many things. And it opened me up to so many people that were doing this. One of my mentors is making a hundred grand a month. And mm. I'm like a hundred thousand a month. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not even, I never even thought about a hundred thousand a month. Like I never even mm. thought about a hundred thousand a year. Cause I was making 30 grand. So I didn't really understand or grasp the concept of even a hundred grand in a month, but when he showed me his bank account, he showed me his checks. I feel like that was my motivation. Like, mm. I was like, you know what? If he can do that, and I'm talking to him on the phone, and I get to go see him. Wait a minute, bro. Like, I think I can do this too. So of course. Yeah. So break break down <clears throat> break down network marketing for me. What uh, uh what is that exactly? So network marketing is really a high paying job. 
really simply put, like network marketing is a high paying job because the company basically owns your organization. You don't own your organization. So you're really building a sales team, right? Got it. You're building a sales force of people to now go out and work. So you're basically leveraging people, right? Like your job does, right? Got it. But Got there's it. a company that you recruited these people in. So if the company decides to kick you out, you lose everybody. Mm. So it's really a high paying job. Now, the thing about network marketing, which I do love, is that they do teach you leadership, which mm. I think everybody needs to know they teach yeah. you leadership they teach you you know how to build a team right and how mm -hmm. to train people and in network marketing is when i fell in love with teaching people and training people and that's where the coach came from because now i'm teaching people how to get leads i'm teaching people how to build sales pages i'm teaching people how to blog i'm teaching people how to do youtube videos so that's where the coach came in at and i realized wow i really like teaching people Hence mm. why I wanted to be a math teacher. Yeah. So I feel like it followed me. Right? Kind of came full circle. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, and your purpose is why I always tell people to find their purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. once you find your purpose, the universe opens up every door. Come on now. Come right? on now. Yep. And, it's, and it comes with ease, right? You're not struggling for it or nothing. So I'm happy that I decided to actually go into the online space. Right. Mm. Um, so now, of course, this is 2024. I've been an entrepreneur for the last almost 13 years. I've been married 15 years. My daughter's 14. My oldest is 22. I've literally generated millions of dollars in sales. I have two houses. Um, I help so many people. I've helped women leave domestic violence relationships. Mm. I've helped men by homes, women by homes. Literally, one of my clients, she had a vision board party a couple of weeks ago. And she came up to me and she was like, Coach, when you coached me three, four, five years ago, all that knowledge that you gave me, I kept it. And she said, I made my first million last year. That brought tears Damn. to my eyes. I was like, wow. <laughs> Like, I'm really out here changing people's lives. And, and she's full-time. She got a whole spa, full-time, doing her thing. And she literally thanked me publicly in you know, front of her whole people, you know, that was there. So that kind of, like, warmed my heart. That's that so good. Fuel, yeah. Right? That also gave me fuel. You know what? Mm -hmm. Who's the next person I'm going to help make a million dollars next year? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I, I just feel like you got to have a purpose when you are in business. Because, you know, we see in Instagram social media, everybody want to start a business, everybody want to get an LLC, yeah. everybody yeah. want to France, everybody want to be a content creator, but it mm -hmm. takes work. It does. People don't, yep. people don't realize that part. It takes a lot of work. I've been doing this for 12 years. Yep. Yep. And that's, and that's, and that's beautiful because um, just being in any space where you can truly help people. So many of us have jobs that are very ancillary where you're kind of helping someone like by proxy it's it's maybe a little small item you're selling or it can be a right. cell phone or food or whatever the case may be but actually helping somebody actually change their lives i'm sure that was a little intoxicating like shit i want to keep this going because it's nothing like being selfless and i think some people live their life just kind of doing what they want to do 
and focus it on themselves. But it's beautiful to see a situation where you can help yourself, but you also help, but you also helping others. So I'm sure that that, like you said, was motivating you to want to keep going. Now, what do you think? Like, so from talking to all these people and training all these people, because I'm sure you've attempted to train people that didn't last or wanted to stop for whatever reason. What are some of the pitfalls you see in just like the mentality of an adult who has a, has a job, a full-time job, but they know the job not cutting it. They know they need to make more money to support their family, but something in them just doesn't want to activate so they can do the right thing. You know what I mean? Right, right. I always say what's worse, a child afraid of the dark or an adult afraid of the light. Mm. What's worse? Wow. Wow. Right? What's worse? So, of course, I always say an adult afraid of the light. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, for black and brown people, we're oppressed. Right? In our own. Right. right? So, years of oppression. Years of being beat. Years of being scared years of abuse, mm -hmm. we all have the systematic trauma. Come on now. Has been passed right. down. I'm a believer of this. Me right? too. It has been passed down. So now when you're so scared of everything, <laughs> literally adults are yeah. scared of everything. They scared to invest in a $20 book. Right. I don't That's fault right. them. Right. Because, again, it's from the years and centuries and decades. We're 450 years behind everybody. Just right. Mm -hmm. And it's upsetting. Right. But it's all fear. Right. Fear that, you know, they can't get ahead. Fear of success. Fear of failure. And then I coach women. It's the confidence, right? So mm -hmm. we already been beaten down, right? Now you attract a man that's beating you every day. And then you attract a job also, too, that's beating you up every day, too. Doing the same thing to you, yep. So it's like yep. I find this lady named Coach Tanisha who doing all these YouTube videos, who doing this and doing that. She's giving me inspiration. She's giving me hope, but I can't do what she's doing. I, just in their mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Damn. So you, so being, being like in our community, so it seems like a part of what you're doing is getting them to see that this is possible financially. But yeah. the other part you're doing is a little bit of confidence or, 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 or like a little bit of uh, counseling, like yeah. to make sure their mind is right before they can even embark on any of these endeavors. Yeah, because in order to be successful, you have to believe that you can be successful. Mm -hmm. right? I remember I had a lady um, and she was like my one-on-one -on -one client. And literally, she didn't even last a month because she was scared of what her husband uh. was going to say or do. Now, it wasn't domestic violence, but the fear of her making more than her husband, which she's never mm. did. That was her fear. Huh. And she literally told me this. She was like, Coach, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. Like, I was scared that 
you know, my husband. And the thing is, I always tell people, you got to push through because entrepreneurship is not just about you. It's about everybody around you. Hmm. It's about, it is about your husband. It is about your kids. It's about your grandmother. It's about your aunts and your uncles, your tenants, your neighbors, your sisters, your cousins. It's about everybody and trying to help everybody change their life. Not just you, right? Because I had a mentor, millionaire. Her mom was on welfare. So I'm like, huh? Like, how you out here getting all this money? She told me, she was like, my mom's on welfare. And I'm like, well, why you got your mom? She's like, I ain't got my mom nothing. I gave my mom plenty opportunities to Mm. come with me. She did not want to. So that just showed me you can't even really help your family. And yeah. the person that's trying to break, and this is for the audience, if you're trying to break generational curses in your family, right, and you're the only one trying to do it, you're going to be the most hated and the most talked mm-hmm. about. And that's I'm experiencing that now. I got family members cutting me off for no reason, simply because they don't like me, right? And I feel like somebody got to do it, though. Somebody got to do it. And the first person through that door is going to catch all the hell, going to catch all the bumps and bruises. And what I'm learning, a lot of people, when it comes to you just being creative, when you making money, they going to talk shit about it until they see some of the fruits of the labor, whatever that may be in their mind. You know what I mean? So that's why a lot of times you just got to keep on going to make people believers Because if a person is just working a nine to five job like most Americans do and you come out of the woodwork saying, I want to be an entrepreneur with this business or I want to start a podcast or I want to do anything outside of the box. You're going to be an outlier like they're going to look at you damn near like something wrong with you because you don't want to just go along to get along. But if our family, especially these black families, if we're going to change the trajectory of our family going forward somebody or some small group of us is gonna have to take those chances because like you said if this shit works properly it's gonna affect everybody right right you can help you literally can help everybody but again Mm -hmm. even in your own family there's trauma mistrust all of that stuff yeah your family like I mean, I drive a Benz. I've been driving a Benz for 10 years. I traveled the world. I got two houses. I wake up when I want to. <laughs> I go to sleep when I want to. Mm-hmm. I got people reaching out, <laughs> you know, that want to work with me. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm showing everybody the blueprint, but some people take that as intimidation. They do. Right? That yep, why they do. why she got to be the one? Why couldn't I be the one? Right? That's that's the vibes I kind yeah. of from family members that don't like me. Like, why you had to be the one to do it? Why couldn't I be? Mm-hmm. Well, I was the one that had the guts. There Just we go. I was the one that had the confidence. I was the one that had the belief. And I'm the one that had the faith that this could be done. You did. Yep. Right? There we so go. I used to want to save the world. Right? Because entrepreneurship is all about solving problems. Right? So I used mm-hmm. to want they all my family members. I want everybody to have a business. I want everybody to get an LLC. I want everybody to do this business. I want everybody to make money. They was looking at me like I had seven necks. Like, girl, bye. <laughs> Shit, because everybody can't go. Right. That's what you have to. Everybody They're cannot like, go. Bye. I ain't doing none of that. So I mm-hmm. literally fell back off of all of them. And I said, whoever really wants this is going to come to me. 
right? And only one, I got a big family, and only one of my family members has ever come to me to ask how can she start a business. And it's so funny, people don't realize that. And I've seen this where there's a family member who's really well off. And for some reason, people find it much easier just to call that person and say, I'm behind on the bill. Can you give me a couple hundred? Can you give me a thousand? And it, and if you give it to them, they keep doing it. They keep coming back opposed to calling and asking the simple question. Hey, I see what you're doing. Put me on. How can I move in that direction? You know what I mean? Sometimes I'm baffled by that where they use the person that got money, like just a tool opposed to using them as a tool for change. You can right. get in their ear, go have right. a drink with them and see like getting their mind to, to see how that shit's moving opposed to just hating on them. You know what I mean? But again, it's all the trauma. Again, like you said, if we come from nine to five, right? If we come just slaving mm -hmm. and now you got someone literally next to you who's in your family saying, I broke the chains. I come broke on, the that's chains. scary in itself. It's yep. crazy because even my husband was doubting me. Mm. My husband's African. You know, mm -hmm. they like to work hard. You know, nothing yeah. wrong with working hard. I'm not into working hard. I'm into working, <laughs> right? There we so go. he was not interested. He was like, oh, you playing on the internet. The internet, this ain't shit. Now, this is in 2013. You playing on the internet. This ain't doing nothing. We got bills to pay, blah, blah, blah. Argument after argument after argument. Mm. Fast forward, as my husband kept seeing me keep going, <laughs> Without asking him for anything, right? He's seeing me doing this. He's seeing the checks. He's seeing the money. He's seeing me on stage talking to people. He came to me like, oh, you think I should start a business? <laughs> <laughs> ah, but look, man, that's sometimes, right? Because I've experienced that, that kind of shit, too. I'm, I'm not completely mad at people who are very skeptical about change right? right because they don't know what's behind that door but you said something important man if people if you start something and people are skeptical they don't know what they're looking at they don't know what to make of it especially when it's coming from you right. one of the best things you can do for the ass is keep on going <clears throat> they see you keep going and making the adjustments and keep going sooner or later they're gonna have to take a look over there and be like wait a minute what are they doing and especially in your case if they get to seeing that bread eventually they're gonna be like you know what what i gotta do Mm -hmm. Yep. So my husband was like, oh, me and my friends thinking about starting a trucking business. I was like, oh, okay, well, cool, bro. Like, you know, I'm telling him, make sure y'all get an LLC, make sure y'all yeah. get right, blah, blah, blah. He was like, oh, but we need some money. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, y'all need money? I'm like, okay, so y'all gotta go get some money then. Like, oh, no, I thought, you you know, I was thinking maybe you could let us borrow $2,000. Me, the one who you said <laughs> on the internet playing <laughs> with all this internet play money. <laughs> Me, <laughs> but you know what? That just joy. My heart was so filled with joy, and I'm, I didn't I'm even sure ask. Like I just gave it to him. Like, yeah. hey, like you know, what I'm saying this is exactly what I've been working for, bro. To go. build your belief. Now, my husband's my biggest fan. There we go. Sometimes you got to make people believe it. When you getting money together, the sex is way better. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> the sex is way better. 
<laughs> but that's but that's powerful though. I, I think anytime you're attempting to do something outside of the norm, the hate or the skepticism is gonna come from everybody sometimes. And with and see something you proven is I know people who've been in a situation where they're headed somewhere that can be profitable, but then family members and that partner, sometimes that partner not trusting you can break somebody down. That'll make him say, well, shit, maybe I ain't good enough. Maybe this ain't the direction I'm supposed to be going in. So you showed a lot by saying, nah, I'm going to keep on going. Yeah, but again, it takes guts. Mm -hmm. Okay? It takes resilience. resilience. It takes persistence. You know how much times I want to give up? Even now. You know how much sleepless nights, money I lost? Friends that I was friends with for 20 years that I would never even think we wouldn't be friends. Mm. I haven't spoken to them in years. Damn. So Damn it's the emotions it. that comes with being in business too. It's a lot of emotions. And that's yeah. why I said faith and belief in yourself, right, mm -hmm. is a key element. And that costs nothing. That costs nothing. Damn. But if you don't believe and you don't have faith, that money means nothing. And then people, because like you were mentioning earlier, Instagram, all these social media platforms make entrepreneurship and getting the LLC. They make all this shit sound sexy. And it can be. But what people don't realize, when you when you on the mission to create something, a lot of that shit's a lonely journey. A lot of it you're going to be spending by yourself late hours trying to figure something out, trying to make something come to fruition that people around you can't see that you the only one seeing it, I think that's the payoff. Because again, I've had a lot of people who say, hey man, I want to start a podcast. I want to do this. I want to do that. And we get to getting into the minutia of the details. They like, well, damn, I, I, I didn't know it was that much work. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Because really, it ain't just a podcasting thing. Anything you do, if somebody show you some shit and say it's going to be hella easy or you just got to do it like that, that's not, not how the universe works. It's always going to be hiccups and not, things that get in your way. And I think that's just a way of testing if you really want it or not. You know what I mean? Right. And that's why I said you have to have faith. Mm -hmm. Because how God works, God will test you. All day long. You want to make a hundred grand a month? You want to make a million dollars a month? Oh, I'm going to test that ass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay? So don't think you're going to put out a gold. And the universe ain't listening. Yeah. You got a relationship with God. There you go. You got a relationship with God that you ain't got nothing to worry about. But if you got a relationship <laughs> with God, God is going to test you. Because here's what I learned in entrepreneurship. It is a spiritual game. Mm, break that down. A hundred percent spiritual. So when you're losing friends, you're losing your mind, you're losing money, who is always with you? God. Mm. Who are you talking to? God, mm -hmm. right? So as an yep. entrepreneur, you build up this faith in God. And mm -hmm. then you give all your praise to him. There we go. And what I learned is that God is looking for leaders. Come on now. Because somebody got to do it. And most of us are following something. Most of us see a cue on what direction to go. And we say, you know what? That's safe. I'm going to go that direction. Everybody talking about that? Okay, I'm going to be safe. I, 
I don't want to be over here by myself. Yeah. Where, 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 uh, where everybody looking at me all funny and everybody yep. not sure about me, even people who love me and know what I'm about. All of a sudden, they're not sure, sure about me because I'm stepping outside of this box. That's real, man. Yeah, it, it, it's true. And there's not enough leaders in the world. There's too many followers. Yep. And even I feel like God is sick of everybody following the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? I have a relationship with God. Like I talk to God like all the time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's sick of everybody just following the new trend, the new challenge, the new this, the new Every that. Day. Who's yep. going to lead my people? See, God doesn't work by himself. Mm. Come on, God man. needs people. Right? That's a fact. So if he can't use people, then how's it going to happen? How's it going to work? Then how's it going to work? And if you believe in the scriptures, most of those individuals, Jesus included, they weren't like the most liked people. Like if, 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 if you believe in the stories at the time of their existence, people didn't believe them. People didn't trust them. It's like sometimes you got to go through it by yourself. And then like a long time later, people will reflect and say, "Okay, that person was on to that happens way too much. Mm -hmm. When we talk about artists, when we talk about all, all types of creative spaces where people are forging a path, a lot of times they don't even get to benefit the most from the fruits of that labor because they was so busy going through it with 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 people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like when God finds that leader, the universe protects that leader. Mm. God provides for that leader and their family. Mm-hmm. So when I hear people complain, they don't have money, this is happening, or hell's breaking loose, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure you don't have a relationship with God. Mm, I'm you sure you're not living a purposeful life. I'm sure of that. I'm sure you're not praying out throughout the day multiple times. I'm sure of that. Now, this is a fact. Out myself, definitely I do, mm-hmm. right? But I gotta get right back up. I can't mm-hmm. doubt myself all year, all month, all day. I gotta get back up. I got work to do. That's a that's a fact. And sometimes I know a lot of you know Christian based people in my family who think the praying is the job. No. Like, I'm going to just pray and tomorrow he going to make it better. Well, it doesn't quite work like that. You got to put in the work yourself and you're going to be rewarded when you put in that work and you can't cheat the universe. So you can act like you're working hard. You can tell people you 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 putting in the work, but you know what you're really doing. You know what I mean? Right. And people don't serve an abundant God. I mm. serve an abundant God. People serve a minuscule Hmm. where they're thankful that they found $13 or they thankful hmm. that $13 appeared in their account. Do you know how big God is? Hmm. You know how prosperous God is? Do you know how abundant yeah. he is? If you want a million a day, God can help you get that. Hmm. If you want somebody, if you want that new house, that new car, you can get it today. Not <laughs> like going and praying for 20 years for it. <laughs> and here's another thing I learned. So I fast. So being on this entrepreneur journey, again, you got to build your faith. 
And building your faith also comes with fasting. If you're a Christian and you're not fasting, you're not a Christian. Mm. That's plain and simple. Like God talks about fasting in the Bible. And if you're a person that reads the Bible and you don't fast, just stop reading it. Like, <laughs> like just stop reading it. Because fasting, what I learned is that fasting helps things work faster. Mm. <laughs> Break that down. Break that down, sis. So fasting, I do a three-day fast mm -hmm. every month. And it's every month. Okay. Food. I'm praying. So we eat raw fruits and vegetables for three days, water, praying, you know, throughout mm -hmm. the day, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just say you're praying for health. You're praying for money, right? And, and then here's the thing. A lot of people beg for money. They don't pray for prosperity. They're just begging for money, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're praying to God and you're believing, right, that you can get that man, you can get that house, you can get that job, you can get that contract, right? When you fast, guess what? You pull the universe to you. Hmm. Because now you're being obedient to the highest. I've learned that in this journey, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have learned that at a nine to five because a nine to five is too stressful, mm -hmm. right? So when you're fasting and praying, your vision gets clearer. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like fasting requires like the discipline to do something like that. I think a, a, a part of getting rewarded for doing something of that nature is the discipline it takes. Being an entrepreneur, something else people don't really want to focus on. God damn, do it take a lot of discipline because we used to being at work where they give you a break time. They give you a lunch time. They control your eight hours, 10, 10 hours, 12 hours, whatever it is. Doing this to yourself, putting yourself on a schedule, disciplining yourself to do these things. I think there's a reward that comes in that, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is, because now you see what you're capable of. Mm, see what you're powerful. capable of. We're powerful, right. right? We're literally powerful. But if you got somebody beating on you at the job every day, you don't have time to think about yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't even have time to think about purpose. You don't got time to think about God. That's Unfortunately, right? That's, that's so this is why I'm not saying everybody got to be an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but start a side business part time that can bring you in an extra thousand dollars a month. Mm hmm. 67 percent of people in America. OK, don't sleep at night because they worried about money. They worried mm -hmm. about bills. They worried about their job. But if you had the extra money, right, and it's nothing wrong with extra money. People think extra money is like a sin. What? <laughs> Making an extra thousand a month to help save your family mm -hmm. is a blessing. Right. People don't even people are even scared to even do that. That's a fact. So again, like I said, I used to always, I wanted to save everybody, but I realized God is going to send me who he wants me to save, mm. who he wants me to help. And those people are willing because when I wanted to save everybody, it was like a force. Like I got to force you to pay. I got to force you to do this. I got to force you to do that. Nah, I ain't on that wave no more. Mm. I pray. God sends me the right clients. I tell them my price. They write the check. Period. 
There we go. There we go. Easy. Hmm. This easy, right? And those clients become more successful because they were ready for the teacher. Ready for the teacher. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You're right about that. It was ready for the teacher. They had it in them. They just needed someone like me to pull it out Mm -hmm. of them. And I'm not an easy coach. Like, (laughs) I'm wrong. Like, everybody can't take me, right? So I'm not for everybody, and I don't want to be for everybody. I want to be, I'm for the people, the women that saying, you know what? I know there's more for me to do. I know there's more out there for me to do. I just need someone to hold my hand to get it done. Mm, Definitely, definitely. Now, talk to me because the book, which I want everybody to go out and get, the ABCs of wealth building. It's a children's book. Now, is there an age range on the book? Like between what age and what age is like a good parameter for for an actual child? So here's a fun fact. <laughs> so in the pandemic, again, my daughter um, was playing and we decided to create this book. And mm-hmm. she even asked me, well, well who's going to read, you know, who's going to read this book? I said, oh, junior high, because she was in junior high. So I said, oh, well, junior high schoolers. <clears throat> so. When the book launched, and you know, I have my own audience already, so they all bought mm-hmm. the book and they got little babies, two year olds, five year olds, 15, they got all kind of kids. Mm-hmm. And so they told me they was reading a book to their kids. So teenagers, you know, three year olds, 15 year olds, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And they all said, Wow, my child learned something. And they said mm-hmm. it to themselves. They said, I learned something from reading your book. I was like, wow. I said, you read it to them? Yep. So instead of it being just for junior high school, my book is from K to 12. K to 12. And it's interesting that they said they learned something because I was going to ask you, like, how can we make a book about financial literacy effective for children if the parents may not have bought into some of the principles from the book or may not be aware of some of the stuff from the book. But you just said it. If a parent is open minded, they reading the book thinking like, damn, let me write this down. This up I can use. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I've had friends say, oh, I learned something when I'm reading to the, you know, to my child. So I said, this is from K to 12. Even when I go into the schools and they ask, "Okay, you know, what's the age range? My book is from K to 12. Okay, Mm. everybody can learn something from this book. So here's what I learned from the principles. 12th graders, unfortunately, is on a fourth grade reading level. Damn. I said, well, perfect, because my book is from K-12. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Shit. That's what I be telling them, like, perfect. <laughs> it's from K-12. to <laughs> So they're going to be able to get it. They're going to be... Now, just before we go, give me some quick... Like if you're getting a child started, like let's say a family is maybe not financially well off, but they're not doing bad either. Like what are some of the principles or practices you can start doing with your kid just to make sure as they get older, they'll just understand how money moves and how money works? Well, first of all, they need to know the four ways that money is made. So I have a curriculum that I go into schools and I teach this. The four ways that money is made is employee, self-employed, business and investors. That is the four ways that money is made in a whole entire universe. And I got that from Robert Kiyosaki and it's called the cash flow quadrant. So mm. I break that down. And I let them know what a job is, what a self-employed person looks like, what a big mm. business look like and what investors look like. And eventually we all want to become investors. So mm. when I'm 
training teachers and I'm training parents and students, I let the parents know, listen, you can open up a custodial account for your child and start investing with $1, hmm. $5 into a stock for your child. So every birthday, every Christmas, every whatever, you can put some money into it to help them, right, have a mm -hmm. hand up and not a handout. A hand right? up and not so a handout. Don't invest enough, right? Mm -hmm. We spend our money on everything but investing. And then at the end right. of our lives, unfortunately, at 70, 80 years old, we're broke as a joke, ready to choke. Mm -hmm. Right? So mm -hmm. I always tell all my parents, there's so much free information, eTrade.com, SoFi, right? Um, Weeble, Robinhood. These mm -hmm. are where the billionaires are at. These billionaires are on these platforms and they're giving us this game for free. That's a fact. We got to take full advantage of that. So everywhere I go, I do seminars. I do events offline. I do events online. I do a big pop-up shop um, every year um, you know, in my city where I bring uh, businesses together so we all can keep the, the dollar within us. And I teach mm -hmm. them also too about investing if they have never invested. And a lot of people think, oh, I got a 401k. Your 401k is nothing. Hmm. If your job is not matching dollar for dollar for your 401k, you are losing money. You might as well do it yourself. You need to take you need to stop putting into that 401k. Yep. Might as well do it yourself. Yep. So I mean investing, right. investing, investing is key. And then rewarding your children too for doing jobs. Like I teach my kids how to go to their grandmother house, their mother house, the aunt house, brother house, everybody house, and find jobs to do so they can get paid. Interesting concept. So don't don't just sit on your ass asking me for money. You can go to your grandma house and do that man, do that lawn, clean up that back room. You can do something to get paid. And this is and Maybe I think sit, wash dishes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's good because especially teaching kids, because I was wondering, I was I was thinking like, damn, what was what 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 would be like one of the simpler concepts she would teach kids, but teaching them the four ways that money is made and then when they go and work for grandma or work for auntie, you can ask them, okay, well, which one was that? Which one was you doing? Right. Then they can do like a little lemonade stand and see the profit from that. And you'd be like, okay, well, which one were you doing? And mm -hmm. I think that'll give kids a clear picture of the hamster wheel that a lot of adults are on without even saying it that way. But right. they'll be clear on who's making the money and who's working for who. You know what I mean? Then I'll take it a step further with them too. I say, okay, well, you got some friends with you. Bring your friends along. They're going to help you, and you're going to give them a piece of the money. Mm. So now it's like I'm building a business. Yep. I'm building a sales force, right? But I'm again, it only stops with the kids if the parents are not on board with this. It can't just be me teaching the kids. They're excited, and you go home to your parent. She's like, uh, no. Yeah, so when I train the kids, I teach the teachers and I tell the teachers, please keep this going. I'm not saying you got to talk to them every day about it, but every month, like do a refresher, talk mm -hmm. about credit, talk about money, talk about investing. Like I try to kind of motivate the teachers, you know, to keep the keep it going. That's important. That's important. Because like I was saying a little earlier, like in order for a book like this to work for children, the parents have to buy in enough. 
Because again, maybe like we were talking about before the show, 57% of adults aren't financially literate. And I, and I get that. And this can be a parent that's getting this book for their kid because they want their kid to be different than they are or just have a different purview of things. But you got to buy into yourself. Like if you're not motivated about reading the book, if you just buy it and keep it in the damn closet, none of that's going to benefit the child. So you got to be motivated behind it yourself, even if you're learning new information. Right. Right. So, I mean, building wealth is a generational thing, just like Mm -hmm. poverty is a generational thing. We mastered that. We've mastered poverty. we mastered being poor. Yep. And we mastered being poor and poverty together. So mm. it's like, why can't we master building wealth together? It's 100%. the same concept. It's just a different outlook. You're trying to leave a legacy, right? The yeah. Bible says, leave something for your children's children. Mm-hmm. That's why I said, if you're a Christian and you're reading the Bible and you ain't doing none of these wealth principles, you ain't a Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think some people like coincide the Christian faith almost with being poor, with struggling. They look at it like if I am getting like money in abundance, then maybe something is wrong or maybe it should only be the pastor doing that. It's so many different ways of thinking that our people got to come out of. And like you said, like that poor mentality, because we got the money like let like let's not front. I know a lot of people who spend hundreds upon hundreds of dollars on materialistic shit and how they kids look and the type of xbox they got and all this but just like you said a robin hood app or one of these investing apps you can literally start investing with just a couple dollars so we ain't got no excuse no more you know what i mean right but of course you know we do continue unfortunately to make the excuse and again we are 454 years behind every other culture mm-hmm. every year that goes by Right. Every year that goes by. Right. It's like we're just like getting lower and lower and lower. lower. We're we're at the bottom. Right. But here's the next thing is that this new industry now called AI is here. Just like when the Internet first came, everybody didn't believe it. Everybody would say, oh, no, that's a fad. Internet is here to stay. This AI is coming and it's sweeping the nation and it's here to stay. We need. And this is for the audience. We need to get our kids doing prompt engineering. Google, Mm. Microsoft has free courses. All you got to do is Google prompt engineering. Okay. You can get a certificate, 18 month certificate for free. And you can work at Amazon making six figures. You can work at Apple making six figures. You can work at Google making six figures. And guess what? They want young people. Mm, Prompt engineering. Look up prompt engineering. That's a $250,000 job a year. Mm. Programming robots, programming the computer, chat GPT, mid journey, Bard AI, Genesis, all these different things are free right now. Mm. And we have the opportunity to get in front of this thing right now. Like my daughter, I'm trying to help her see the concept of she want to do fashion. It's great. You want to do fashion, but fashion sis may not come with a paycheck right away to sustain yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to get into a skill set, which is engineering. So you can do fashion and tech together. That's a fact. Right? So try, guys. Everybody need to be trying, right? And even for yourself to even have a basic knowledge of AI, you could go on mm-hmm. YouTube right now and type in prompt engineering and you will get a whole slew of videos <laughs> that you mm-hmm. can take an hour a day and just watch and just consume that content so you can get a basic knowledge. 
Already 400,000 jobs was lost this year alone to AI. And we just mm. in February. Damn, damn. That's damn. I was just talking to another buddy of mine about that. Like this, that AI thing is a movement that it deserves your attention. And we kind of at the start of it. You know what I mean? So th- this is definitely a great time to to, to at least. Trillion dollar industry. Mm. Damn, damn. That's that's definitely so, important. Since you, I, I appreciate you huh? got kids. You start learning prompt engineering. You start understanding chat GPT. You start earning, you know, start learning mid-journey, all these apps and how they're going to change our lives for good. So you can now teach your grandkids and your kids too. It's mm-hmm. all free, all on the internet. And Corsa.com is also another one. So it's Google, mm-hmm. Microsoft, and Corsa.com. Definitely, definitely. So I appreciate you for stopping by today, sis. Do me a favor and tell everybody um, where can they get your book? So my book is everywhere. Definitely, okay. if you want to get a signed copy, it is the ABCs of Wealth wealthbuilding.com. At ABCs of wealthbuilding.com. You get a signed copy by me and my daughter. Uh, we ship it out. Or you go to Amazon.com, you go to Walmart.com, you go to Barnes and Nobles.com, you go on Black Enterprise. My book is over there too on Black Enterprise, Black News, Yahoo Finance. Um, yeah. It's over there too. So it's, it's basically everywhere. And if you guys are principals, teachers, my goal is to get my book in every every student and every child's hands because I am in the two percent of Black authors in the whole entire world on children's books for finance. Mm. Wow, that's that's important. So everybody, do me a favor, man, and 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 look the book up. Like the sister just said, you can find it everywhere. Books are sold. Mm-hmm. We have no more excuses, man. Look, I understand how systematic racism works. Me and the sister was talking about where we at based on our system and 450 years of 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 getting treated the way we have. But it's too much information out there now for us to continue being in the same position. So take do do yourself a favor, and you can start small. Like you ain't just got to jump out of the window. Like the sister said, you can work your nine to five, but start doing something else. Start doing something else. So you don't talk so much shit about your job. I know too many people who hate their damn job. And that makes no sense to me. And it shouldn't be that way. And it don't got to be that way. So we got to change our mentality and say, fuck these Jordans and put that money to something else. So it has to be a mentality shift that takes place. That's why I thought it was so important to have this sister on the show. So I want to thank everybody for tuning into another episode of the Melanated Combo Podcast. I got my sister, Coach Tanisha Marie. Now, do me a favor and tell everybody where they can reach you. So my name is Coach Tanisha Marie on Instagram, Threads, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. And my website is TanishaMarie.com where you can read uh, you know, more about me. Mm-hmm. And also, too, for your audience, if they're interested, um, I have a PDF. It's 50 ways to make money. I sell it for $50. I'll mm-hmm. give it to your audience um, for free. Or you just got to follow me. Let me know. You know, they listen to the podcast and I'll send yes, them the, the 50 ways to earn money. I will definitely I will definitely put up a link for that. And, you know, we'll we'll continue to network to make sure everybody knows about your program and everything you're doing. So this has been another episode of the Melanated Combo podcast family you can find my show again on youtube at the melanated combo um um um, google podcast um um, apple podcast spotify all these different places you can find the show follow me on instagram at melanated combo 100 melanated combo 100 
I appreciate everybody who's been subscribing to the show recently. We got to make some changes in our community family. And it starts from a lot of different fronts and finances is one of them. So again, thank everybody for tuning into another show. I'm your brother Harrison. I'm out. Thank you.